think editorializing on interesting facts is sort of like the gist of it. What does factual even mean anyway? I mean, it certainly means different things to different people. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, um, you start this one. Oh, uh, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. This is a short. Yes, designing and... dystopias. Right. Yeah. This one is specifically about um, uh, a Star Trek episode that um, stands out in my mind. Um, and I'm going to just make sure I have it up so I can like talk specifically about it. Um, Sweet. Yeah, so this is a this is the very if you're a fan of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, then you're probably very familiar with this episode. It is the very first episode of um, Star Trek: The Next Generation, where the our inter- intrepid crew of the Enterprise um, encounter the entity known as Q. Q is this sort of uh, godlike entity that has superpower, like or godlike powers um mm-hmm. and is able to uh manipulate reality is able to um you know just basically behave as if he were a god or it was a god um and so in this episode uh Q holds the crew accountable for the crimes of humanity and um what that kind of plays out as, and this is where it fits into the uh, concept of designing a dystopia, is that um, in the sh- in the episode, the crew is sort of put on trial in this court, and uh, this kind of defines this sort of, I think they refer to it as um, a like late 20th or 21st century, maybe 22nd century, like dystopian era of humanity. Um, Ah. And, and so there are sort of like judge jury and, and uh, executioner are kind of all empowered in, um, in in the entity Q who plays the, the sort of the judge. And um, so I'm just kind of reading through uh, the, so there's a website called fandom.com and there's memory dash alpha, which is the, like all the star Trek information in a wiki. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's just see. So I believe, man, they do not mention the time period that they're referring to. Maybe that's an act three. Yes. Here we go. Um still don't mention the date so i don't know um but it's some it's some kind of like like near future to our current time but pre um pre federation you know uh star trek federation era and um yeah and so this like (laughs) yeah yeah go on um and so it's and so q kind of basically is like holding the crew accountable for these sort of like the awfulness of humanity and how they were uh, grievously, a grievously savage race as the Q puts it. Um, and, and so they're kind of in this state where there's like these guards are in the court, like the bailiffs kind of there. Um, mm-hmm. And there are these men wearing this sort of like, if you can picture um, like late eighties 
futuristic visions of like combat armor and um you know so it's just kind of absurd and they have these like guns on their arms that are are these like sort of hyper powerful super f- rapid fire machine guns that are you know just strapped onto their arms on one hand and and they have a a tube that um they can in imbibe various drugs from like stimulants and downers and things and so um there's this moment that has just stuck out in my mind uh, ever since I first saw it as a child, and it's always just a little disturbing, which is at one point one of the guards um, does something incorrect in the court, and Q slash the judge condemns him to death on the spot. And so the other guard comes up to him to um, to execute him with his machine gun, like basically shoot him in the face. And um, But before that happens, the other guard like kind of like looks at him in terror and is waving his arms like, wait, wait. And then the 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 condemned guard basically sucks some drug out of his tube and then he's all happy and ready to die. And you can just see like the change on his face is like he's like, oh, yeah. And then the other guard shoots him. Right. And it just this this interaction. So crazy. It's so crazy. And as a kid, it was just so disturbing to me. Um, I think I was like 13, maybe when this happened, when it came out, um, it was just really disturbing to me as a concept that um, one, like there was just so, so many reasons. Like um, I, I don't even know why it bothers me exactly. Like it, like now it seems trivial because we're, you know, we live in a society where um, a lot of violence is, is, hyper violence portrayed on TV and like we have movies like saw and things that are just kind of like heavy torture porn and stuff. But I think what it is, <laughs> is it just, it, it plays into the concept of um, it. It tries to portray that one could be manipulated into being perfectly accepting of one's death. Right. Yeah. Um, Like instantly and easily and externally. Right. You could be made, yep. you could be made to be accepting of your own death by some other external factor. Um, and so I guess maybe a part of it is just that kind of idea of like fundamentally losing one's own autonomy <clears throat> and control over one's life. So I thought that was a good theme um, or a good example of some of the dystopian themes that we've been exploring in the series uh, of designing dystopias. And mm-hmm. um, and I had kind of forgotten until recently that Star Trek had even explored that and more specifically in the very first episode. And if you're um if you're not a fan of the show, I do recommend watching it. I will say that the first season is a decidedly darker and more um it it's kind of grotesque like it's pretty graphic the first season. Really? Um, yeah, people forget but at the end of the first season there is a scene where um, one of the admirals in the Admiralty of the Federation is possessed by these like worms and is possessed and, and is, <clears throat> has the queen worm in it in him. And, and there's a scene where he's sitting on a, like a chair and it's like burst out of his chest and like all these other worms are like coming out of him. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, if you watch it now, you're like, man, this effect is like gross, but also hilarious because it's clearly like stop motion animation. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like if you're into effects and visual effects, especially practical effects. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But it's also really disgusting because they then shoot the worm with la- with their with their phasers and it blows up, right? And yeah. so it's a yeah. really dark and like disturbing kind of nightmarish like episode. And that's the first season. It doesn't ever really revisit that at that level of um, graphic detail. Um, it still always is, has been like an adult themed show. It covers topics of death and, and sexuality and, and all of the like psychological issues of being a human adult um, or mm-hmm. a child. I mean, it also covers like dark aspects of, of being a child. And, you know, it also talks about disparities in societies and things like that, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's a pretty great show. Um, I I I believe I believe <laughs> I believe I believe Yeah. Did you watch a lot of Star Trek when you were or I mean in your life? Yes, we liked yeah. Star Trek at our house and so that was one of the things we would watch. Star Trek Next Generation was on. Yep. I mean we that was like You follow. I don't remember if that was back in the days of appointment TV, but it feels like it. Oh yeah, yeah. Appointment TV as in like it's on at this time and you need to show up for it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent it was. I believe it was, at least in our region, I think it was on like around eight o'clock or something. Um, mm. I remember it was an after dinner show that we watched that was, um, we were, I, I remember feeling pretty lucky that we could, we were allowed to stay up and watch it, but, um, ah, that's cool. Yeah. So, Aww. um, it was, it, to be honest, it was one of the only, exposure to tv i had as a kid because i was never really allowed to watch tv for many reasons um most of them revolving around the fact that i didn't do homework and i wasn't like we weren't allowed to watch tv if it was daylight out and we weren't allowed to do watch tv if if there wasn't uh if we hadn't finished our homework and we weren't allowed to watch tv after nine o'clock because that was the time that the parents watched tv and so um that means that i never watched tv like I was never allowed to watch TV. I watched plenty of TV. Um, I just wasn't watching it when I was allowed to. Um, so, <laughs> so that meant like a lot of the TV I watched was either at friends' houses or um, at my grandparents' house, and or during the day, like when I was sick and nobody was home, that kind of thing. Um, yep. Or as we've discussed previously on this podcast, a lot of school I ditched, and so I spent a lot of time at home watching like old. Re- it was usually like. You could either watch Mash or The Price Is Right, and um, I just didn't really enjoy The Price Is Right. Price Is Right, so I watched a lot of Mash. There was um, uh, like so much of television made me feel so anxious and horrible. Like I don't want to watch Mash. It's, just, it's like horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. I don't want to listen. I don't want to watch a show about people stuck in a hellhole. Yeah. I don't want to watch like uh, all those like Price Is Right, all those daytime sort of like sparkly, glittery like competition shows first of all there's competition yeah right like uh, i'm hyper competitive yeah. but i don't really want to be in competition against other people for stuff yeah and like there was the uh, prices right was always kind of oh, like a sensory overload yeah even though it was relegated to a television like i can't imagine how batshit it must be to be in that studio Oh God, I know. Yeah, just nuts. It's just so nerve wracking, and then there's all those people, and you have performance anxiety, and it's all chance anyway. Like, oh, it's just terrible. I like at times I enjoy watching it. Uh, at some point when we were living in California for a little bit, we started going through The Price Is Right from the very beginning and watched it sort of evolve over time. Which I'm convinced at this point you could write a dissertation on. Uh huh. 
but and so because we had a purpose, right? Yeah, we've got to do some comparative, um, comparative exploration and critical analysis of the show. Anyway, like yeah. that made it tolerable because there was an ulterior motive. But just to sit and watch it as entertainment, it's so nerve wracking that I, I don't find it that entertaining. I, I don't know. <laughs> I do and I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just was never a fan of The Price is Right. I learned to love the uh, the show Mash, um, and there are some redeeming qualities, but I don't disagree with you. Like it's definitely um, <laughs> there's like you know what I can sum up Mash television ser- television series is about people trying to make it the best out of a situation that's truly a drag to watch. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, why would I want to watch that? Like, I don't have to suffer through your shit and, like, commiserate with you because I don't have to be there. So why would I watch a TV show about people trying to boost their spirits in an otherwise untenable situation when I don't have to experience an untenable situation myself? Right, right. It just lowers my quality of life to watch that show. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely does. Um, I always had to watch it as a kid when it was on television and I was sick. And like that fucking theme song just makes me want to slit my wrists. (laughs) God, what a drag. Uh (laughs) Anyway. Oh, so great. Um, Hashtag Alan Alda. Yeah, hashtag Alan Alda. Uh, I mean, speaking of dystopian nightmares, right? Like, or designing a dystopia, um, that's definitely a good example of a dystopia right so they yeah. were they were kind of Ugh. stuck in this this situation where um they had uh yeah like they were trying to make the best of a pretty externally shitty situation um yeah yeah one thing that i don't know if you were aware of but i thought was pretty cool that i learned about the show was that um so a lot of shows during that time had laugh tracks because that was just kind of what was going on and so um that show had i believe they had a laugh track except that the i don't know if it was the show creator or one of the people um insisted that they weren't allowed to have a laugh track in the or so um so when you watch the show when you watch scenes that are in the or there's no laugh track and the reason for that is they were trying to they said like that's just inappropriate like this show is about a bat like a bad thing the whole show is inappropriate yeah absolutely but the fact i always thought that it was pretty cool that they they had like fought against the sort of corporate you know dictatorship of being like nope we gotta have a laugh track and they were like no fuck (laughs) you like this isn't we're not doing the show if you try to put a laugh track on this thing that just doesn't you know it's not right um i feel so conflicted about whether i admire that or not I I mean I do like I don't know if I'm doing a good job of conveying like the nature of it but um yeah. I think that uh I think what I think that show is It's a- like we're going to have a show that glorifies war but we're not going to have a laugh track in the OR because that is beyond the pale. Well no, I think that that's part of the problem is that um they it wasn't supposed to be a show that like the writers and the and the producers were not trying to create a show that glorified war. They were trying to create a show that that made the general public understand that it was not good. And, 
And so it's torn between the, you know, the corporate people being like, well, we want to make money and we want people to feel good about it. So you better do episodes like this that are funny and people enjoy it and want to be in war or, you know, whatever the fucking, you know, weird shit is. And it's so like all episodes like that, especially in that time period where things were just torn apart, like these great, like artistic visions were just destroyed by these assholes who just thought, well, this is what the public wants. So this is what you better do. And so artists are like, well, I guess these guys are dicks. These guys are dicks, but I guess my, you know, it's, my choice is either to have some funding to produce some aspect of my vision or not at all. Um, you know, just not even work in the industry and not practice my trade. So I, right. I have a lot of empathy. I mean, I, so I later, having watched a lot of MASH when I was a kid, um, I later as an adult had the opportunity Sorry. to, you know, you can now with streaming services and stuff, you can watch a lot of these shows. And so I watched all of it because um, I wanted to, I was like, I want to have a better understanding of this thing that it was such a big part of my childhood. Um, and so yeah. I watched all of it. And so that's how I learned all of these things and had, I have a different appreciation for, um, I don't disagree with you. Like they're like, as an institution and all of the things in the nature of the way that it was portrayed on television and stuff is awful. But um since I'd already been part of it, I was like, I want to know about all these people and their lives and the actors and why the decisions were made and all these things. So I learned a lot more about it and became much more enamored with um, some of the ideas and things that were done on the show because they also tried to address like cross-dressing and a lot of other like social issues of the time. So it's not for me personally, it's not a cut and dried, like this is just a bullshit thing. Um, Yeah. Personally, but I don't also disagree with your assessment that it is also a bullshit thing. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it fits well into the concept of designing dystopias because um, it's also, it. this is one of those things where it's like, now we're talking about a dystopia that is a pocket of humanity, right? Like there's that show portrays this zone, this space where people are confined. They are, their lives are heavily controlled. What they're allowed to do and not do is heavily controlled. There's external influences on their time and energy. Um, they're faced with, um, horrific conditions like on the regular, you know, people are dying around them and their job is to try and patch these people up before they die. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that creates a very like dystopian sort of environment. Um, and, and I do kind of appreciate like in a sort of superficial way that that people like crack under that stress in different ways right like you have these different characters that are all like expressing their like their their stress levels and things anyway um, yeah yeah so anyway designing dystopias and specifically encounter at farpoint uh the very first episode of star trek the next generation um I think those kind of takeaways, because we've been kind of trying to build this like list of what are things that make a good dystopia or how would you design a good dystopia? And I think that, um, that that's that portion of that episode where they're in the court and they're faced with, um, being condemned for their, their, their sort of for all of humanity because of the, the savagery that they, they visited on themselves um, mm-hmm. is a good kind of commentary on, and it should be included in our designing dystopia. Yes. Agreed. I, I think so. Yeah. I believe. 
I believe. Anyway, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's a short. I, I, I yeah. call that a short. Um, thanks for That's listening. That's a short. Don't forget, Thank you. Uh, we have a website, fcbm.io, which you can go to and find out how to contact us or um, just email directly Dana at fcbio. She is our amazing executive assistant. And we also have uh, tweeters, twitters, twatters. 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 Twatters, trotters. Twatters, trotters. Um, which is uh, at fcbm underscore io. And... Um, you can yell at us and, and poke us and do all the things and we will probably respond. Tell us maybe. all your secret thoughts. Tell us all your secret thoughts. Um, yeah. So if you just want to just complain about life in general, like that's, that's acceptable. We, we will, can totally get down with that. We can get down with that. We can. Um, complaining is like our MO. Complaining is our whole, that's the whole point of this show. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's great to hear from all of you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm imagining all the beautiful, nice things you're saying about us. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. That is too kind. Go on. All please right. say more. Go on. Um, that too? Wow. That too, right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Bye.